0: Today's guest is Grace Song. She, it is the second time she's been on the show, and she's also a convert. Welcome, Grace.
1: Salam alaikum. How are you doing,
0: Adi? Alaikum salam. I'm doing fine, thanks. How are you?
1: Great. Thank you. Thank you for having me
0: again. You're very, very welcome. Um, so the first time we had you on the show, you told us your story about your um, conversion to Islam and your your experience. Um, today's show, we're gonna we're gonna ask you more. Um, questions about advice. So advice for people who are thinking about becoming Muslim. So can you just give us a quick intro about yourself?
1: Sure, so as I mentioned in, in my last um, discussion with you, uh, I've been a convert for 26 years, and um, I grew up in America, and so my experiences are really based on, um, you know, growing up in, a, in an immigrant family. My parents came from Taiwan, And I had a pretty, um, you know, privileged upper-middle-class upbringing. Um, I went to college, I went to grad school, and I was about 27 when I converted to Islam. And so, uh, you know, to hear more of the details from before, you know, definitely listen to that story. But I think it's always really important whenever you um, are listening to someone about their experiences or if you're um, wanting to understand someone's perspective about Islam that it is really important um, to know the lens in which they view the world and what their experiences have been because there's so many different people that have had different experiences with um, faith and finding Islam and Islam is such um, it's it's so well it's so difficult to be a Muslim in this day and age and um, you know there are so many Islamophobic forces in the world and a lot of sources of um, questionable and hateful information, so just as a matter of precaution it's always a good idea to know, you know whoever you're speaking to, what that person, um, where they're coming from and what their background is
0: um, Easy question first, Grace sure. um, what, what would you advise to someone who was um, you know, having doubts about doing the prayer and, and, and because it's in Arabic and a you know, foreign language and they're, they're sort of you know, having doubts about this
1: let me, let me take a step back because I think that, you know, it's a huge decision when you are deciding to convert to a religion and, you know, it's important to know, first of all, um, Islam is different than Christianity and Judaism, certainly, um, when it comes to becoming Muslim or choosing to become Muslim. So uh, you think in Christianity, it's a much bigger deal to convert people. I mean, that's one of the goals. And um, that's not the case in Islam. So, you know, it, it says very clearly in the Quran that um, not all people were intended to be Muslim and not people, you know, people will not all become Muslim. That's not the goal. So, for Muslims, you know, we are not in this to convert others and that this is very much a choice. And I think it has to be um, an informed choice. Based on knowledge, certainly it takes you know a certain amount of work to learn enough, um, especially in this day and age, to overcome you know a lot of the negativity about Muslims and Islam. But it has to be something that really um, you feel strongly about and committed to, and that you're doing for the right reason. So you know there we in the Quran, it's also very clear there's no compulsion in religion. So no one cert- should certainly be forcing you into a decision before you're ready or before you are, you know, completely convinced in your heart. And um, so, you know, that, that's one thing that I would want to tell people is, you know, it's not like there is a rush and it's not, um, while some Muslims might tell you that every, you know, you should convert and, you know, and sort of push you in that direction. You know this is the most important choice that you'll make in your life and you should make it with a full heart and you know with your own level of comfort on your time um, and also you know just to be fair you know it, it, we um in the quran it's very clear that you know there will be all kinds of people that make it to heaven you know who goes to heaven is not our business it's really god's business but it says very clearly that there will be Muslims and Christians and Jews and others in heaven um, and, you know, there's just this a lot of this game where people are, you know, like you hear a lot of people who are fighting over religion that, oh, you know, well, you can't go to heaven unless you accept Jesus Christ or you can only be Muslim to make it to heaven. You know, that is really, well, one, it's wrong and it's arrogant because that's God's business and we can't speak for God and we believe that God is completely you know pure justice so who are we to deny anyone the possibility of heaven but you know there's a lot to be said about this I don't think even just heaven is the end goal I mean, I think that a lot of the ultimate reason why you know someone sh- should want to be seeking faith and seeking God is you know to elevate oneself to a higher level of you know purpose peace tranquility understanding um, and and in union with your maker in the most beautiful way possible so to answer your question about you know um, if people are worried about converting because they're nervous about prayer or they're nervous about fasting or they're nervous about um, some ritual act I would say you know let, let's just take a step back and let's understand you know why are we even considering faith you know what is it that you're looking for in terms of your relationship with god and you know it's a very personal um question it's a very personal answer that only you can answer for yourself um for me you know i was seeking meaning i was seeking a sense of purpose a sense of understanding what happens you know to you after this life you know what's what's the purpose of this life um what's my own, you know, personal, like, um, what's my own purpose? What am I supposed to be doing here? You know, what, what, um, how do I make sense of, of, of everything and, and, you know, and the world? And, um, and, and that was really what was driving, um, my desire. And, you know, and I felt actually a longing. I felt a longing for something more meaningful and something more substantive. And so, um, that's what led me to my search for Islam. And, and I, I hope that that You know when somebody is um, opening their heart to faith um, and becoming Muslim that you know those sort of really important um, fundamental emotions and feelings are are satisfied before kind of taking the jump so
0: okay and you mentioned about um, elevating yourself to a higher state of peace can you explain a little bit more about that
1: sure Um, You know like when you um, when you are seeking the divine for lack of a better expression you know I I think that the ultimate goal I mean we in Islam you know we say Islam means peace um, but you know when you think about like what is the greatest thing that I think most people are searching for and it's peace and it's tranquility right because life is very difficult it's very anxiety-producing you know, it's a um, it's a world full of challenges and problems, you know, ups and downs. Um, and if, if you're not anchored in something meaningful or an understanding of what all of this means, it can be a very um, fearful and anxious existence. And that's pretty much what I was experiencing um, before I became Muslim and before I even started my own faith search. And so the desire to find Peace and tranquility, which you know, and there's a lot that's in that sort of basket, right? It it comes with understanding who you are, feeling you know comfortable in your own skin, um, knowing yourself. Um, you know, in our tradition, it, it's um, we we have a tradition that says if you want to know God, you begin by knowing yourself. Um, you know that it's there's a lot that that sort of um, needs to come together for you to achieve a sense of of not just peace in a moment but lasting peace so that all kind of has to happen before you reach what I would say spiritual elevation I mean elevation is kind of like um you know all of this is a process right so in the beginning if you're looking for meaning you're looking for God you know you find that Islam is something that captivates you or intrigues you or is interesting to you that you think leads to the truth um You grow as a person and I think this whole point is kind of a journey of personal growth and so as you learn more and as you grow closer to God and you build your relationship and you grow more comfortable with yourself and you allow God in hopefully that entire journey and that entire process is leading you to a higher spiritual elevation and what that means is just basically that you are coming closer to God and hopefully the closer you come to God the more peace you achieve um, and, you know, that whole process requires personal development, personal growth, personal cleansing and purity, and, you know, and growing as a more beautiful divine person. You know, clearly, if the, the closer you come to the divine, I think the more divine you need to be. So it's, um, you know, it's like anything else. It's like the more effort and, and um, the more you put in, t- more work you put in, to growing towards God, the more that that will pay back, and 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 you know we also have an expression: if you take one step towards God, God will take ten steps towards you. So you know, hopefully, um, it, as you go on this journey, you will continue to grow and continue to elevate.
0: And also, some people when they go out to research about Islam, when they're searching for something, they'll they'll, they'll start to think that you know the religion is a little bit too strict. Um, can you give someone advice on that?
1: Yeah, um, you know, like I said, it, it's, a, it's a process and a lot of it depends on the perspective from which you're coming from. I mean, if you, it depends on how you also see Islam. And, you know, unfortunately that also depends on kind of who you run into along the way, but I think that the, the best thing that you can do for yourself um, as you are learning about Islam is to read as many books as you can and not just pamphlets that you find you know in the mosque but real like you know go to the library and find you know um and don't just go on the internet um, because there's a lot of garbage on the internet but you know read some real books and i'm you know we can provide you know some links to some books that i would highly recommend um but you know if if you Are looking you know a lot of people come to religion for a lot of different reasons sometimes people have had um, you know trauma in their lives they feel or maybe they had you know no no structure they you know they're looking for something that gives them a little bit more structure in their life you know you can come at Islam and look at it like it's just a bunch of rules you know I mean there's a lot of people who will come to you and explain to you that Islam is about rituals and rules and that how you know, it's, it, it's black and white. There's certain things you can do, certain things you can't do. Um, you know, and that, that's a very oppressive approach to any religion, not just Islam, but, you know, unfortunately, of most people's understanding of Islam, even within the religion, is that it's a bunch of rules that you can't break, and, you know, and, and it's very clear cut. <clears throat> uh, this is not the approach that, I mean, this was the approach that I was introduced to shortly after I converted. It was a very conservative, Wahhabi, Saudi Arabia-driven approach. And um to be fair if you if you learn, there are a lot of political reasons why that particular conservative brand of Islam is pushed through a lot of the mosques today. This is not um, it's not a beautiful Islam. It's not the Islam that I understand. It's not the Islam that I would advocate or that I would you know tell people, you know I, I, we, you know, in my work, um, we have a nonprofit where we teach people about the beautiful version of Islam. And what does that mean? You don't start with the rules. You actually start with the relationship. And the relationship with God is really the, the beginning and the end and everything in between. So, you know, we as human beings were created with um, some intuitive understandings. So, you know, when you look at a baby, you know, a baby understands love. A baby understands laughter. You know, a baby understands... Um, you know, and even a child and a toddler understands fairness and justice, and these are the qualities that God gave every single human being, you know, at the start, and these are the things that oftentimes get crushed as a human being grows and gets exposed to different other ideas or different people or different value systems and things like that. But the beautiful Islam is kind of going back to that intuitive state of understanding beauty and justice and love, and the divine and sort of connecting, you know, with the divine at that level. And so what can be very beautiful as someone who is interested in Islam or converting, you know, I mean for me when I was doing my search and I started to read about Islam, I really connected with a lot of those fundamental values and, you know, ideas and concepts because I recognized them. They were something that were that was very familiar to me. So the idea of love, the idea of justice, the the idea of mercy, compassion—you know—these are all the very beautiful principles that are part and parcel and foundational for Islam. So that's a you know that's an act of choice. You can choose an Islam that is authentically beautiful and loving, and you know because we know also from our tradition, God is beautiful and God loves beauty, and that is a very um, important way of understanding what is authentically Islamic. So the Islam that we teach is, you know, if it is something beautiful, then it's of the divine. But if it's something that's ugly or oppressive or, you know, dark or anxious-ridden, that by definition cannot be of the divine. It cannot be God because that is not what God is. So, you know, it's, um, it's important to, you know, understand for yourself what is it that you're actually searching for? What are you looking for? And what are you hoping to achieve? And, you know, hopefully, I mean, there are a lot of people that follow the Islam that is, you know, served up as a very strict, conservative, you know, oppressive message. But that is a very modern interpretation with a whole bunch of political baggage attached to it. You know, it's a 1400 year old tradition. And if you look at how Islam was at the height of civilization, when everybody wanted to be Muslim because it was an amazing thing to be Muslim. And Muslims were at the forefront of every single advancement in humankind. You know, we I mean, we even live with all of the things that Muslims have invented to this day, everything from coffee to arithmetic, to astrology. I mean, you can you know find books about all the things that, that Muslims invented. Um, that is what made Islam you know, that beautiful message that, that was, you know, that was what was driven from, from, you know, this divine message that came from God. So I think you have to be very discerning as you're learning and as you're talking to people. You have to know that this beautiful version of Islam exists. And that's where you start. So you start with the foundational, you know, values. And I think that when you understand sort of the foundations, then things like prayer, things like fasting, things like, you know, giving charity, you know, all of the other rituals make more sense. When someone comes and throws at you, here's the list of things you have to do to be Muslim, then you really are not understanding, you know, what gave rise to all of that and and what is the purpose of all of that and what is all of it actually intended to do. You know, the point being Muslim is not just to have a rule book to follow. I mean, these are things that help to build your character, to strengthen you as a person, to, um, you know, make you build your empathy towards others, um, you know, if they're understood in the right way. So, you know, to your point about prayer and prayer in Arabic, you know, we can get into discussions about the detail of, okay, why do you have to pray in a particular language? Why can't you pray in your own language? You know, and I think that there are nuanced conversations that you could have about that, um, I, you know, just to give you an idea, um, there is an importance to praying in Arabic for continuity. But when you talk to God and when you pray to God, you can speak in your own language. You should speak in your own language. You know that you should connect with God in a very personal way in a language that you understand. But there are certain rituals that you know the Prophet taught us that we should do, and you can understand. It's a very beautiful idea that. You know if if you're from australia and you travel to japan and you go to a mosque and you pray side by side with someone in the same language that's a beautiful you know bonding ritual but that's not something that should prevent you from you know learning to communicate you know and connect with god in your own language in your own way you know that's um so I think it's understanding that that there are, there are certain reasons for certain things, but there's a whole world of ways to connect with God that help build you as a person.
0: Okay, thank you for sharing that. And what about someone who is being held back by the fact that their spouse does not want to convert to Islam, and they will probably be very negative about it?
1: I mean, this is one of those things that, um, you know, Again, you have to um, make your own decision based on your own conscience and your own connection with God. Um, We understand as Muslims that, you know, this life is a short life. Um, It's a test. And, you know, there's a life that comes after this life. And what happens after this life depends largely on what you do in this life. So, and if you, if you start with your relationship with God, and you say, okay, you know what, I believe in God, I believe that God is a creator of all of these things, and that God is in charge, and that, um, you know, when this life is over, that I will go back to God, and that God is really the only constant, I mean, you know, in this life, things come and things go, people come, people go, situations change, I mean, the only constant really is change in our world here, and it's a hard life, you know, a lot of people, live very difficult lives and they spend their whole life suffering other people have very simple lives you know so it's it's you know but when you understand that there's a god that's in charge and that there is a logic of justice and and beauty and you know there's a reason why things are the way that they are i think you you have to um understand that you know there's this there's something bigger than us and I think one of the things that have that has given me the greatest amount of peace um, in living in this world as a Muslim, and a lot of gratitude for being Muslim, is that when I see the inequities in this life, and how you know how just difficult life is, and how unjust life is, and when you understand that there is justice, there is going to be ultimate justice with God, there is going to be something better and you know and if you the more you read about the tradition the more you read in the quran the more you understand this tradition that you understand that there's a reason for all of these things you also understand that the most important relationship that any individual can have is that relationship with god so when i chose to be muslim you know my parents hated the fact that i was muslim and i I talked a little bit about this in our last conversation but they really um, thought that I was like going off the deep end and that they needed to save me from joining a cult and things got very serious very fast and really it was because I believed so strongly in being Muslim and they felt so strongly that what I was doing was wrong we could not you know come to a meeting point point. and things got you know dangerous to the point where I really did have to cut relations with my parents for about eight years and it was because once I felt that I understood the truth and I, and I believe with my whole heart that, you know, God is real and I believe that this tradition is the truth and I believe that there's nothing more important than this. If you come to that conviction, then, you know, nothing. nothing will shake how you feel about that. You know, I, and there are a lot of people who maybe they lose faith in, you know, um, you know, in the way that organized religion is practiced. I mean, there are a lot of Muslims, certainly, that are completely disgusted with, um, you know, the way Muslims themselves act or the way life is in mosques. You know, and there are a whole bunch of complicated reasons for that. But they still do not let, let go of their faith in God. I mean, that is something that, you know, is undeniable. I mean, I, 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 so, you know, to me, it's like once I felt that connection with God, there, it was not going to let even my parents get in the way of that. And I was very close with my parents, you know, and I even so I think you just have to understand what your own personal priorities are. Um, you know, when, when you die, your, your husband or your spouse or your partner is not going to be there, you know, and it's going to be you and God. And if you choose your partner, you choose someone who's preventing you from doing something that your heart is calling you to do, you know, on the final day, God is going to ask you, well, why didn't, why didn't you choose to be Muslim? Why didn't you stay Muslim? Why didn't you trust in me? Why? And if you say, well, because I, I decided I wanted to put more of my trust in my spouse than in you, I Wouldn't feel very good about that. I think that that would be a really difficult thing to understand So, you know, I I think you just have to start by understanding, you you know Like really looking inside yourself and asking yourself that question. Well, what do I really believe in? What do I am I really willing to commit to and am I going to put, you know, my parent or my spouse or my friend or my um, you know, whoever before my relationship with God and, you know, I mean, only you can answer that question. I mean, no one else can answer it for you. Um, but to me, there's nothing more important than that relationship with God because that's, you know, that that's sort of the anchor point. That's the defining point for everything that I understand in this world to make it make sense and um, to make it beautiful.
0: Okay, great. And also, um, you know, things that cause doubts with people are, you know, something like, someone has, is doing a lot of things and they realize that they're going to have to give up these things, uh, these habits or these addictions or so forth, and they, they say to themselves, well, you know, I can't accept Islam now, I have to give up all my habits, and I'll just wait till I do that. Can you give someone advice on that?
1: Sure, I mean, you know, it's funny, I, I have a friend who um, who I met just, you know, he's a convert, and I, I, I know he won't mind telling me telling this story, But he, um, in high school, he became very interested in Islam and did a lot of reading and became convinced that Islam was the truth and, you know, he he really liked it. But he decided that same thing. It's like, well, I like drinking a little too much and I don't want to give it up. And so I'm just going to wait until I, you know, either change my mind about it or, you know, quit drinking. I mean, he was of the part that it's like, well, if I'm going to be Muslim, I'm going to do it right. And I don't want to convert until I have clean my act up and all of that and and given up drinking so fast forward 10 years and he's still in the state where he believes islam is the truth and still hasn't given up drinking so what happens to him he gets cancer young guy he's in his 20s so at that point he understood it very clearly as a personal message from god it's like stop messing around you know your time is limited what are you going to do and and so he converted because he recognized that okay, you know this is this is not a joke, um, that this is serious. What I would say is you know I, again it's like you, you have you know Islam is, the, is is the Islam is the religion of moderation so you know it, it's not one of these things that you know you should just. Um, jump and feel like you're going from one extreme to another I think that it's important to actively um, seek out your interests so if you are interested in Islam if you feel like your heart is being pulled in that way you should do everything possible to learn as much as you can because you want to fill your your heart and your mind with, you know, more information, more ammunition to strengthen you. At the same time, I feel like you should ask God to help you because if you open your heart and you ask God for help, God is listening and God, if if your intentions are right, God will answer your prayer and God will help you. And I think it's a process. It's the more you learn, the more you have an intention towards change. Um, the more you come closer to God, the more God will help you. And I don't think that God expects people to make massive, you know, um, stark, extreme changes. I think God wants people to make progress to the best of their ability, and that's different for each person. So you know if you're messing around and you're making up excuses, and you know when you are being diligent. And I think if it's something that you really want, that you should be diligent and you should also ask God for help. And God will help you and God will make it easier. But you should do everything. You should do your part to learn as much as you can and try. Try as hard as you can. You know, these things take take effort. Anything worth anything requires effort and hard work and intention. But nothing is impossible and nothing can't be forgiven um, and things can change we as human beings have the capacity to change we have the capacity to improve and grow and God helps with that because certainly in this life when you come across challenges or difficulties and you overcome them you notice that you actually become a stronger person and you learn more and you you know your worldview changes and that's certainly the case with a journey towards becoming Muslim and once you become Muslim, becoming a better Muslim, and becoming a more um, pious Muslim, you know, you, you grow. And uh, so I wouldn't be discouraged. I would say that try your best. You know, don't give up if you fail a few times or a bunch of times. You know, like anything else, it's it's a process. It's a journey. And as long as you're learning and you're growing and you're doing what you can, you know, when you're asking God for help, then then you can get there.
0: And what about the topic of uh, you know um, extremists and uh, terrorism in Islam? This this can be holding people back uh, as well from converting. Can you tell us about this?
1: You mean when you when you notice that it seems that all the terrorists in the world are Muslim? <laughs> the impression. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think if anyone does. Um, you know a reasonable comparison of the media coverage of, let's say, white supremacists versus terrorists that are you know coming from Muslim backgrounds. Um, it's pretty clear that it's quite unequal. Um, and first of all, I mean, I would just want to say that terrorism is terrorism. You know, whether it is done in the name of Christianity or Judaism or Islam you know or atheism or no religion or nationalism or whatever I mean terrorism is evil and ugly and not godly in any sense of the word and you know when someone tries to say oh I'm doing this because this is what Islam calls me to do it's just a flat-out lie Um, there's always more to it and religion has you know in, in all times been the best reason Um, for you know for terrorism and for acts of evil Um, I you know like I said in my last conversation with you um, it took me a long time to overcome all of my negative um, perceptions of Islam and you know the whole terrorism thing was a huge part of that because if you are not muslim and you are just barely paying attention to the news you will definitely get the impression that every single muslim is a potential terrorist and that islam is somehow you know a violent religion um, and that's a really you know that's a real obstacle that you have to overcome there are a lot of reasons i mean if you if you do the search if you if you learn you'll see that that is not what Islam <clears throat> what islam calls for it's not and you know there's nothing Islamic about it and it's um it's not what the theology calls for but it does require um some time and some investigation um to overcome that so you know as I mentioned to you before from the time I became interested in Islam until the time I actually converted was two and a half years and the vast majority of that time was spent um you know studying and learning um, enough to overcome all of those prejudices I had about Muslims I actually was like okay this religion sounds really beautiful and all of this but you know I don't understand if this is in fact as beautiful as it says it is why does everyone in the world hate Muslims and why does Islam appear to be such a scary religion and there is an answer for that and it's you, you just have to come to that on your own it's not true it's not you know Islam is a beautiful religion but a lot of people use Islam to scapegoat evil ends and you know like any religion you will find extremists and you will find in every religion people that commit horrible acts um, in the name of religion and so you know it's, you can ask a Christian and a Jew the same question you know does your religion call for violence well no it doesn't but then why are there people that do it in the name of of my of your religion, well, because they're human beings, and that's what human beings do.
0: And often, when when people first come to Islam, people uh, Muslims will tell them that uh, Islam is a way of life. Um, can you explain that a bit further?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, this is one of these expressions that people um, use oftentimes, um, and I think that it can be understood. In a number of different ways depending on your vantage point a lot of people who are of the more conservative ritualistic Islam is about rules orientation will say Islam Islam is a way of life because they're trying to express that oh you know we have rules kind of for everything you know that that Islam touches upon every aspect of life and all you really need to do is follow this very you know simple guide so you know we pray five times a day we fast Um, you know men and women don't interact except under these particular circumstances I mean it's like they'll they'll literally pull out kind of the laundry list of rules so that's that's one way to understand Islam as a way of life so in some ways you know when people are looking for guidance and structure and something easy to follow that is actually quite appealing because they want to be told you know okay if I do X Y Z then I'm good with God and life is easy. All I have to do is stick to this plan. Um, I That's not the Islam that I subscribe to. So um, for me, the Islam as a way of life has a very different meaning. And it ha- comes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is um, Islam is about building a relationship with God and do- doing everything in your power to live a life of beauty and justice and um, goodness, mercy, compassion, um, you know, living life as the best version of yourself. And that is um, a much more complicated thing because in some ways it's easy and in some ways it's not. I mean, I think people inherently know what is um, beautiful, what is loving, you know, what is good and what is the opposite of those things. So you know yourself well enough to know when you're being, you know, the best version of you. And you know yourself when you're not being the best version of you, whether it's like, oh, you're being impatient, you're being, you know, stingy, you're being angry, or whether you're being kind, you're being generous, you're being patient. And to me, when you say Islam is a way of life, it means Islam wants you to be the best version of yourself you know, of course, all the time if you could, but that's impossible because we're human beings, but that we should strive to always be the best version of ourselves, that we should strive to always conduct ourselves in a dignified manner, you know, with love and kindness and goodness in our hearts and and fully aware of God as if God is our partner, like God is with us on our journey doing everything so that basically like God, God is watching you. You know, it's like when you the idea of, you know, you're on your best behavior when someone's watching you. Um, if you can kind of embody that, but with the idea of God, you know, like God is with you in everything that you do, and you always want to be the the best version of you in whatever circumstance you're in, whether you're talking to your children, you're talking to your husband, with you're interacting with your neighbor, you're at the grocery store, you're walking down the street, you know, you're driving, you get in an accident, how you treat the person that you are talking to instead of just coming out and screaming at them and, you know, how dare you, blah, 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 being, you know, like, are you okay? Oh, my God, this was an accident, you know, and being kind and generous. So to me, you know, that, and that doesn't come with a rule book. I mean, that just comes with knowing, you know, how can I be the best person that I can be? And how can I act in a way that would make God proud, a God that is a loving God and that wants me to push myself to be, always better you know more patient kinder and that kind of thing so um it depends on uh, so so to me that's what it means when you know i when i understand islam is a way of life it's like living a divine existence living a good existence
0: okay great and with someone with a uh, self-confidence problem how will islam fix this for them
1: um, so I had a huge self-confidence problem, you know, and, and I think that when I started this journey, actually, I mean, it was more than just lack of self-confidence. It was um, feeling broken and feeling lost and feeling empty and feeling like I didn't know myself. I didn't know who I was, or what I stood for, any of those things. Um, so I, my life was much more about wanting to impress or wanting to, you know, make a good impression impression upon others wanting to be liked by others and not feeling like feeling like I, I could be a chameleon because I wanted to please others in terms of what they thought of me but that left me oftentimes feeling very empty because I didn't really know like okay well what is the authentic me you know I know who I am when I'm with this person because I know I want to act this way when I'm with that person and then I'm more like that I'm like something else when I'm with this other person because that other person values those things and so I want to impress that person, you know? And then it just um, was very difficult. Um, The thing that that I learned through my journey, um, you know, in the 26 years being Muslim um, goes to that very saying that I mentioned earlier is if you want to know God, you begin by knowing yourself. And what that requires is honesty, and it requires transparency um it qu- requires introspection reflection talking to god um and it starts with something very basic which is just you know okay what who am i what what am i good at what are my strengths what are my weaknesses what am i not good at you know what kind of a person i am you know a lot of times people spend time journaling um and which is a very powerful tool um, And I think also, you know, when I started this journey, I had committed a lot of sins that I was not proud of. I had made a lot of mistakes in my life and I was at a stage, you know, and everyone does. Everyone does things that they are not proud of, that they would not um, want to talk about and not even really want to confront themselves with. Um, And so part of my journey involved being really honest with myself about the things that I liked about myself and the things that I really didn't like about myself. And, you know, and oftentimes, I mean, I I think that, um, you know, I I was very fortunate that I, you know, had people that I became close to who were able to help me with that process of, you know, learning to be honest and learning to be transparent and trying to figure out who I was and, you know, dealing with like, um, you know, confronting things that I had done that I was not proud of and understanding, okay, why did I do that? And, you know, it's actually a lot like, um, if you're familiar at all with Alcoholics Anonymous, they have an incredible program um, for alcoholics, um, and this is, of course, you know, for people who have, who have experienced extremes to the point where they're really, you know, they're drinking so much that oftentimes they're trying to escape life and escape, you know, reality and, and not confront themselves and they have an incredible 12-step program, which I know people have heard, you know, the 12 steps of AA, which is very similar to the Islamic approach, it's quite Islamic in fact, where you are forced to, you know, one, sort of give it over to a higher power, but you also have to go through these certain steps of confronting who you are and confronting yourself and the people that you've hurt and making amends, that is sort of like the best the closest model to what I went through myself, to come to terms with who I was as a person and what what I needed to hold myself accountable to, and you know how I could make amends with people that I had hurt, and learning to live, you know, with myself in a very honest, transparent um, existence with God, um, and so you know that exercise even if you know people who don't even are not even alcoholic I mean can go through the 12 steps it's extremely powerful for knowing who you are and what you're capable of and you know and and living a good life um you know a, a transparent um honest life that I think is really important to get past the insecurity because if you can confront the truth of who you are And own it and not be ashamed and recognize people make mistakes but you know the way you get over it is you ask for forgiveness you know from the people you hurt and also from God you can reclaim your own dignity and you can say you know I'm not a perfect person but you know I'm trying to be a a decent person a loving person you know someone who loves God I'm not afraid of the fact that I make mistakes I'm not perfect only God is perfect but let me understand what God gave me as a person what gifts what strengths you know and things that you know and maybe God didn't give me certain things so you know let me understand what I'm not good at um, so I can focus on using the gifts that God gave me to you know find my purpose and to find the way that I can contribute to society I can contribute to my family I can contribute to you know my my own growth um, And become comfortable in your own skin. I mean, the only way that you are going to overcome insecurity is to become comfortable in your own skin. And that means getting really honest and, you know, and open. So you have nothing to fear. Because one of the things that I was the most afraid of that, you know, that made me feel insecure is I was always trying to hide the things that I felt insecure about and hide it even from myself. So I didn't want to confront you know, a whole bunch of scary things. But you learn that once you confront those things, they're not scary anymore. And then you can own them, and then you can actually feel comfortable in your own skin and start to make decisions about what kind of a person you want to be, what kind of a you know person you want to grow into, how you want to interact with people you care about, you know, what kinds of things you feel strongly that you want to stand up for in your life, what you want to, you know, um, commit your life to. So it's a process. These are hard questions. They take time and they take a lot of reflection and they take a lot of prayer and they also take a lot of help from God. So I think the most important thing is that, you know, like I said, it's a journey. Everybody on this journey has to, you know, do the work but be patient and be kind to yourself and others but make progress and and do it with god as your partner because with god you can do anything
0: and something that's attractive to people who are uh, researching about islam is that islam is a very logical religion and you know there can't there doesn't seem to be many contradictions um can you talk a little bit about that
1: um Sure, I am one of the. I'm a very. I consider myself to be a very logical person, so I, that was one of the appeals for me. Um, and I should say, I mean, because God gave us all an intellect, and God expects us to use an intellect, and you know, things should adhere to a measure of logic. Um, but you know, I mean, there's there's more than logic too. I mean, there's there's um, you know, logic is important because obviously we. Want things to make sense and things should make sense and you know God gave us the ability to reason and you know in the Quran I don't it's countless times God refers to you know people who reflect people who reason people who use their reason you know these are this is what God expects of us um, and I think that when things don't appear logical because there's certainly a lot of garbage out there as I said about Islam and there's a lot of hate material about Muslims and you know anti Islam Islam you know propaganda I think that it's very important to recognize that because God gave us an intellect and God expects us to use it that when you are trying to learn about this religion that things have to make sense both in your mind and in your heart it should appeal to you know, both of those things. If, if you come across something that just does not sit right with you, it just doesn't sound right, you know, hold it aside, suspend judgment, do more work, do more research, you know, ask more questions of, of learned people, not just anyone on the street, because the vast majority of people you know, are not scholars. I mean, there is a role for scholars. There's a reason why we revere scholars. And not all scholars are the same, and not all scholars are, are, you know, um, of equal ability or equal, um, you know, enlightenment or wisdom. So you have to be discerning again. Um, But I think that not everyone was intended to be a scholar, and not everyone needs to become a scholar. God gave us enough to figure out what is authentic, and I think things have to sit well with your mind and your heart, and it should be beautiful. It should be reasonable, it should be loving, and, um, you know, and if, if anything doesn't fit into that, then hold it aside. You know, maybe you're not sure, um, then learn more. But again, it's like if, if it's not, um, if it's ugly, if it's illogical, um, if it is offensive or just, you know, off-putting, then it can't be worthy of the divine or authentic to Islam and I think that that's a very powerful you know measure or heuristic or just tool that you can use to filter through what is authentic and not
0: Okay and this will be the last topic the last question I have sure. um, how does someone interpret it, uh, interpret the messages that God is trying to send them you know it can be a spiritual thing or it can be a quick shock or a hard shock, um, can you give, you know, um, give us a bit of your um, wisdom on this?
1: Um, sure, so, you know, life, um, life is a test, as I mentioned earlier, that's what we as Muslims understand, and so, you know, you'll have times in your life where things are easy, and times when things are, are hard, and sometimes um, when things are super hard and sometimes when things are so hard you think that you are not going to be able to handle it um, and there you know, and, and one of the things that, that we as many other traditions um, believe is that God never gives you more than what you can handle so you can trust that if you are facing some situation and it feels like you know, you're just going to go out of your mind and it's like off the charts know that no you can handle it and that God wouldn't give you this test unless God knew that you could handle it. And that actually is a source of strength and a source of reassurance and a, a source of empowerment. So, you know, um, oftentimes tests like that are opportunities to really grow and develop as a person. And so when we, we understand that this world is a test for us, um, you know, if you if you believe and trust in God, then you must believe that these tests come for a reason and that there's something for you to learn um, and that there is something that, um, you know, and that you'll get through it, that, that you will be able to go through and look back and understand, you know, what, what was the reason why I had to go through that. So the tests are, in a way, part of the message from God, right? It's part of your engagement with God and part of your, your growing towards God. Um, And I think that once you intend in your heart um, that, you you know, you want to be Muslim um, and that or, you, you know, you're seeking God and that intention is strong, I always tell people, you know, start paying attention because God will send you messages and I don't mean like a burning bush or anything like that, but I mean that, you know, things will happen that um, are very personal to you that maybe no one you know you might have ten people in a room and something they all see the same thing but you're the one who understands the meaning of it you know um, and I can't this happens so many times to me and other people that I know but um, you know like where you're thinking about something something is on your mind or you know just something happens and then you see something and you're like oh my god like it felt like a message and To me, I think there are no coincidences that those kinds of things happen where they are messages from God. It could be as simple as like, you know, you're at a restaurant and sitting down and you're talking to somebody and something's been on your mind about faith. And you look over and, you know, someone is, um, you know, has a bottle of, um, you know, soda and it says faith on it, you know. And you look at it, you notice it, you're like, oh my God, faith, oh my God, that, you know, like, it means something to you. Um, those kinds of things, it could be something as small and innocent as that Um, or it could be something, you know, as meaningful as sort of the story that I told in our last conversation, which was like, you know, I had an evening where I was crying and I was asking God for help and then I had, you know a a message imprinted in me that was like, keep going, you're on the right track you know, and that's, you know, and and in my experience, interestingly, talking to a lot of converts, it's that every single convert, because it is so hard to convert to Islam especially in this day and age, almost, I mean, I think virtually every convert I've ever come across has had their own experience like that, where they have had some kind of message that was directed at them, that was very personal, and that, you know, gave them an answer or something that they were struggling with. So, I, you know, I believe messages that come to you that you recognize are real and that you should not... Most people just go, oh, no, I must be imagining it. Oh, no, I you know, that's they second-guess it away, and I think you shouldn't do that. I think, you know, not to... And then you shouldn't overly make something, you know, like out of everything, like, oh, I really want a sign, so I'm looking for something to try and create into a sign. I think you'll just know. You'll recognize it um, because it, it will feel divine to you. It'll feel a little bit, you know, too divine to be coincidental. And I think that as long as you are... Um, and, and you know it could be a negative sign too you know it could be a warning it could be something that you know somebody um, dies someone gets in an accident I mean I think every time someone passes away or someone gets in a car accident or someone you know engages in some kind of um, dangerous behavior that maybe you know we never think twice about. I think it's a warning and I think that you have to pay attention to that too I mean there's signs of God all around us and uh, just a question of, of whether you are open and whether you are reflecting And even if it's not a a sign that is specifically directed at you, there are so many learning examples, right? There are things in life that happen to other human beings, like this pandemic. You know, how many people have died? That could be any one of us. You know, I'm sure that none of the people that thought when this pandemic hit that they would be the ones that are dying. You know, they're dead now so i'm sure they never thought that um so we can never underestimate you know the importance of just being reflective human beings and noticing the world around us and and learning from the things we see and applying them to our life um and you know i just i think that it's a really important part of um developing your relationship with god is just to be aware and to learn from everything around you Um, and if you if you recognize you know a message or a sign or something that has particular meaning to you then pay attention to it and reflect on it and see what you can learn from it
0: okay grace um we're going to have to wrap it up now so thank you for all your advice and um your your beautiful brand of islam
1: thank you so much i really appreciate um you taking the time to talk it's great
0: yeah, you're welcome. And hopefully you can um, you can come back again for another episode.
1: Sure, absolutely. Anytime. My pleasure.
0: Uh, okay, Grace. Um, may the peace of God be upon you and also to our, all our listeners.
1: And you as well. Thank you so much. May God bless you. And um, may God guide and help all of those who are searching for something beautiful and something better. Inshallah. God willing.